Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but podcasting is, is a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. just sitting down and um, meeting new guests. Like and like, I don't know. It, it it's a it's definitely like a learning curve because mm-hmm. like when you're interviewing people, you have to like kind of vibe off of them. And yeah. some people don't necessarily like they want to do a podcast, but mm-hmm. then they don't want to like say too much on a podcast. Oh well, I'm an open book. Look, <laughs> I'm so serious. We can talk about whatever. I'm here. You know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you're obviously uh, a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, let's talk yeah. about it. We want to know. Well, where did it start? Ooh, when it did started you... in the womb. My mother's <laughs> womb. No, for oh, real. Really? Yeah, yeah. So my mom tells me stories all the time how she would have like the big like 90s headphones like on her oh stomach. She would play classical music all the time. Like headphones like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember just growing up with a piano in the house and I would sit there after my homework and sometimes even before I had to like strategize as a young kid, I'm like, I want to do music. And I just wrote my own songs. like composed my own songs on the piano. Whoa. Yep. And then I played violin. You taught yourself. Mm -hmm. I play by ear, but here's the thing, David, this is the funny thing. My mom actually tried to give me piano lessons so Uh I can like learn all the, you know, the science behind it, I guess, like how to read music. Yeah. It's, It's hilarious looking back at it now because my mom would pay for the lessons and I would show up and I would have the teacher there and she'd be like, okay, like, what's this note? What's this note? I was like, I don't know, but do you want to hear a song that I wrote? And she'd be like, sure. So the whole time it was just me showing her like the songs that I learned by ear or something I wrote instead of reading the music. So that is crazy. (laughs) That is madness. Did she get angry with you? She Which like, person? The instructor the or my instructor, mom? The instru- well, I guess both, because your mom's paying for uh, it. <laughs> she didn't really know what was going on. She was just like, how how were piano lessons? I'm like, good. <laughs> Talk like, to the instructor or something. Yeah, but when, when they would put a book in front of me, I would just freeze. I'm like, it, it was just too much for me. But I mm. could read, like when I played violin for two years, I could read that. And I still play alto saxophone, I could read that. But wow. other than that. That's crazy. That is really crazy. Yeah. I play five yeah. instruments now. So, what, really. I- what instruments? Piano. Do you, you want to guess? Um, I'm going to guess piano, mm-hmm. violin, mm-hmm. guitar. Yes. Um, are any of them brass instruments? Ooh, no. No. Woodwinds? Yeah, I just told you one of them, though. You did, and I don't remember which one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Saxophone. Yes. Yeah. And then um, there's one more. Oh, boy. Uh, drums. Wait, did you say that one already? I did not. Oh, and then there's one more then. Oh, boy. So drums? Drums, and then it's a simple one. Like, one you'll see anywhere. Harmonica. I oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. No, I'm not Stevie Wonder. Uh, bass. I play bass now. Uh, I, I just picked that up, though, recently. So I'm. I'm oh, that's so flat. crazy. Wow, <laughs> that is so wild. I I played trumpet in Ooh, middle school. I was going to ask like if yeah. you ever played any instruments. I played trumpet in school, mm-hmm. um, and I actually got really good. Mm. Um, I was like, I would come home from school and I would practice. I think it was my my adopted mom would force me to practice. Like it was mm-hmm. almost one of those things like I didn't want to do, but she would force me because she didn't like me. 
Oh no, and, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. And but it, it built like diligence. Like mm-hmm. you have you have to work at whatever it is you want to do. Right. And you have to work hard and yes. you have to practice and get better. And that's discipline. How you, discipline is yeah. important and that's how you get better. Mm-hmm. And uh so I got really good because I started focusing on it more mm. and I ended up becoming first chair in, yes. in band. And then I got invited to go to an honors band, mm-hmm. um, which I guess like only certain, they pick like certain people from yeah, certain I was schools. An honors band too. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't get to go, um, because my adopted mom hated me. So. Oh. <laughs> Dang <laughs> yeah. man. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah. But, but what did you learn from that? I guess besides, I know you mentioned like some of the characteristics and the qualities I that you've brought and carried over, but like From anything learning else, an instrument? yeah, just like discipline that we we're talking about. But is there anything uh, else that I would say discipline? I mean, okay. it teaches you to work hard. Yeah, and being first chair, like mm-hmm. it, it, te- it gives you like a responsibility, mm-hmm. like because you know all the other people are keeping tabs to what you're doing, and they all want to be in your spot. Yep. And if you slip up and you don't practice, then you're gone. You're you're, you're you're now your second chair. Yeah. And I think that happened to me. I, think, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that happened, that happened to, to where, me too. <laughs> where like I got like me and this other guy were like pretty close mm-hmm. and like it would bounce back and forth. He would be first chair. I'd be second chair, first chair, second chair. And it'd go back and forth. I feel that that happened to me too. But the thing is I couldn't read music like that for real, like that <laughs> well. So I would just like, listen, I would listen to how uh. they would play it. And then I would internalize it and I would like, do it myself and then yeah i was first chair i think they thought that i knew how to read re- really well <laughs> read music but hey yeah i did marching band too did you do marching band? i did not okay no, no. lame i know <laughs> i know i wanted to i actually march cool kids do marching band yeah, that's everybody true. knows that uh, yeah um <laughs> i uh i always wanted to in in middle school we actually marched with the high schoolers so oh that was excuse kinda, me that was kind of cool. fancy yeah. It's like some next level stuff. It was like once or twice. Okay. Something like that. That's still fun. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a great experience. And I, I kind of want to pick it up again. Yeah. Just one of those things I don't have time for. Why not? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's loud. Mm-hmm. Like playing trumpet, like it's not <laughs> ideal. Who are you telling? I live in an apartment and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out like, hmm, when's the best hours to play my saxophone? <laughs> like, not, <laughs> there aren't any. 10 o'clock at night. That's yeah. the best time. Yes. <laughs> Midnight. <laughs> My neighbors are chill, though, so. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So how do you find time? Like, do you do you make time specifically each day to play one instrument, or do you just randomly throughout the day just pick it up and start playing? Like, do you, ha- do you have some sort of discipline about, about it? So this is a great question because I, <laughs> I started off with, like, practicing bass and guitar each for an hour. And then I was like, you know what? That's kind of unrealistic for all the things that I do in a day. So um, as of right now, I'm honestly, I've been like creatively blocked. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new house plans for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one earth. When it comes to playing my music, um, I've been writing though a lot more. So there, there's somebody who reached out to me from Berlin 
who like was like, hey, I would love for your voice to be on my tracks. Like, please, you know? So I think ever since that moment, I've been focusing more on my writing and less on my my instruments. But um, but to answer your question for real, for real, I, I definitely was disciplined before that moment and just finding, t- like making time for it mm-hmm. because I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I still do. I'm just kind of in a weird place, to be honest. And um, I'm trying to see myself still in a good light, even though I'm not like pushing myself to be disciplined right? to do, you know, the things that I, I actually want to do. So, so do you, are you able to find like a good balance between it all, between writing and playing your instrument? Or do you find yourself like, I don't have enough time and this is difficult to like keep up with? So before I was producing, like, mm. beats from scratch, um, I was pla- practicing my instruments, and on top of that, I was audio engineering. Oh, and writing. So I was, like, wearing all of the hats, and I was like, I don't have time to do anything else. Like, Where are you doing this I need at? to eat in my, my studio. So I have a home studio in oh. my apartment, so I just do wow. everything there. Uh, but as of recently, I've been, like, doing more jobs to make money. Okay. So like I DoorDash and, you know, I'm sure other artists do. <laughs> but I'm trying to do that so I can actually promote the music that uh, I put out, you know, yeah, to yeah. reach a larger audience. So, yeah. So how, when did you decide that music is the, the path you want to go down? I always wanted to do music secretly, but I um, actually come from a very wealthy family. Well, my parents are wealthy, and so I always had this pressure to. I, I love that you said that because why? some people be like, "Yeah, I'm rich." Like, no, you're not rich. Your family's no, rich. No, <laughs> I look. I knew at a very young age that that's my parents' money, and that's those are their cars and their houses. Mm. And I knew that I had to make my own, and I was taught that. You know, my my parents aren't giving me handouts or anything. They, which I love, because yeah. they made me work for. Um, a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? So that's important because one, one thing I've noticed, like, um, I mean, s- specifically with my situation, mm-hmm. like I've had to work hard for everything that I have, mm-hmm. like extremely hard. And it makes you appreciate everything you have when you, when you are, are finally able to achieve what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. Like even just simply as starting like this podcast, like you had to go out and buy all the equipment and like, and learn how to use it and <laughs> learn how to use it. Like I didn't have somebody to teach me. I don't have mm-hmm. friends that like, yeah, I'll come and be mm-hmm. your sound person or whatever. Um, but when you learn how to do it and you work hard and you're able to finally get to that spot, you can appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing like for me with my kids, I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I feel like they have life so easy because mm-hmm. I've worked so hard yep. to make their life easy. Now it's like, hmm, how do I give them struggle so that they can appreciate mm. the things in life? I think the world might give them the struggle. And, you yeah. you know, Tell they have to go it. based on the principles that you and your wife and your family probably have, you know, have taught them and ingrained in them. Yeah. Because I was very sheltered. I grew up in a very sheltered home. And, um, like, the world gave me the danger and gave me, you know, the, the rough side of reality. Because I lived in, like... Not Twinkle Land. What is it called? Disneyland. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm in a castle and everything is so great. But then it's like, oh, that's when ish mm. hits the fan. Like when when I'm out on my own now and I'm I'm learning. And so, yeah. what was that moment like? It was a rude awakening, <laughs> but I also knew that I I wanted that. 
So hold it, hold it. You don't, if you don't take a guess, I will not be offended. I promise you. I'm gonna say, well, you're friends with Sema, mm-hmm. so she's shout young. out to Sema. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say you're around her age, right? Okay, um, that's still very general. It is pretty general. I'd say 23, 25. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, people, people always think I'm 16 or 18, and that's fine. Because when I get old, look, I'm going to be looking good. <laughs> Nobody going to be talking about me then. So <laughs> I used to get that all the time, uh, especially because I work in a factory. So when I hired in, I didn't have any facial hair. I was mm. like, like I had no hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked like a baby. In fact, if I shave, I look like a baby. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember, like, people all the time, like, oh, you're so young. You're so young. You look so young. You don't even look like you're 18. Mm. And I just kept thinking, like, yeah, well, when I'm your age, I will look way younger. Yep. Exactly. And, so it's a gift. But I feel like age is starting to catch up. Mm. I have, like, gray spots in my facial hair. I and don't see them. Good. Don't look. Okay. Don't look. I'm right, right, right. I'm not looking anymore. <laughs> yeah. You I still look young. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I uh, was complaining about it to my wife the other day, and she's like, it's okay. Like, yeah, she's right. It is okay. Yeah. I just feel like my youth is gone. Okay, <laughs> how old are you? Do you tell your age on here, dear? Yeah. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. And I am going to be offended. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you look really young, but I'm going to say I'm gonna say what I think your age is, not based on what you look. Okay. You're 35. Whoa. I don't know if I should be offended or like. Oh my gosh! Feel distinguished. Oh my gosh! Okay, you're 33. No. You're 29. You're close. Oh my gosh. 20, 28. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No, because that you look like you're in your 20s, but when you're talking about, oh, you know, I have some gray in my beard, blah blah blah. I'm like, he's in. He 30s. does not look like he's 30 something, but I'm gonna just That's guess funny. it. Yeah, That's you do. Funny. You, I feel like you look your age. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I was backtracking it, but I it's you look okay. twenty six, twenty seven. But <laughs> no, it's cool. Uh, I looked good during um the pandemic, like <laughs> being at work with having to wear a mask. Yeah, <laughs> I looked like I was eighteen from the nose down. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Have you ever been carded before? I get carded all the time. Okay, me too. I yeah. wait. I actually don't drink. <laughs> you don't drink at all? No, I, I don't. I don't like drinking. Why I've not? I've tried it. You know, um, I've had wine. I've had sake. Uh, I've had rum before, but it's you had just, whiskey? yeah, I actually tried Jack Daniels mm. before. You should try something better. I just don't, I don't know. I remember in college, it was the first time that I like went to a bar <laughs> for real and I got a little, well, I, I really don't know. Like what is the point where someone can say they're drunk? I get the tipsy part, but what would you say like? The threshold is when you're drunk. I would say when you don't have like ultimate control of what you're doing. Okay, one time um, I was kind of dizzy. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to say <laughs> that necessarily uh, because you can be drunk and have control of yourself. Mm. But I would say to the point where like I don't know. That's a fine line, right? Being yeah, tipsy and drunk. Tipsy for me, like when I'm tipsy, mm-hmm. I, I I associate it with just like feeling good. Like I'm yeah, like, like a I'm, buzz, like a buzz. Like okay. I'm feeling good. I've been tipsy, just a bit tipsy, and I've been drunk probably three times in my life. One oh. was senior spring break, high school. <laughs> we were in Jamaica. 
uh, on a cruise <laughs> with my oh. friends. My friends. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, and then that's when I realized because I, I I got drunk in college twice. I would say. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. But either way, I know that I get really, really, really silly. I'm already a silly person, but I like laugh and I run really fast outside specifically. When you're drunk? Yeah. Or when you drink, rather? Drunk. Wow. When I'm drunk, I run. Like, Why? I just want to dash. Why? I'm free. <laughs> like, I'm free anyway, but like, it's even more fun. Just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was a college athlete. So I think like it kind of reminds me of the high that I would get when I would play sports. What sports did you play? I played in college or just in general. In general. In general, I played basketball, soccer, lacrosse, uh, volleyball. There's one more. Oh, cheerleading! If people count, if people count cheerleading, it's <laughs> a sport. Okay, you yeah, be physically yeah, it active. is. Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah. I did a round off back handspring back tuck or back tuck and like I tore like Ooh. a muscle and um ever since then it's like I just I recognize cheerleading as a sport because that was hardcore. Yeah. It's kind of funny to think about cheerleading like when I was in school because mm -hmm. it was like something that like you didn't really see them working out. Mm -hmm. Like they did their like uh forms or yeah, whatever yeah, it is that yeah. they call them but mm -hmm. They did that stuff, but they didn't like lift weights or anything. And you yeah. think like they if lift you're people, yeah, but you think if you're <laughs> throwing people in the air, you have to lift weights. Mm. You'd want to get strong. But their weights are the people. I know. I know what you're saying though. Like, shouldn't they be like in the gym lifting? Yeah, and shouldn't they? So they can pick pe pick people up and throw them in the air. But I think they do now. I oh. think cheerleaders lift now. So it's the modern it, cheerleader. Yeah. So it's interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Did you play any sports? I didn't, no. Wow, you look no. like, sorry, I was about to stereotype, you look like a football guy. Wow, I look like a jock? Yes, <laughs> you do, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but that's okay. That's probably because I work out now. Okay, like that's back, probably where it is. Back going. when I was in high school, I was scrawny. Mm. Like, really skinny. I've always been like that. <laughs> I mean, that's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift, because sure. then you don't have to worry about weight. Mm -hmm. like putting on My weight. My metabolism's really fast. That's really good. I mean, you have a it's lot. It's expensive. Of People are just like, "Oh, you're so lucky." I'm like, "Do you do you know how much I have to eat a day just to be okay?" <laughs> like, it's fast. <laughs> now, do you stick to any type of diet, or oh, do you this... just eat whatever you want? Whew, so, I grew up eating whatever, and then in college, <laughs> then in college, I was like following a form of Judaism. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't eat pork or um, bottom feeders, so like shrimp, crab, lobster. Yeah, uh, I just had like a very strict diet, and then I was vegan for two and a half years. And then after that, I was like, wait, I'm not a healthy vegan. A lot of people think that just because someone's vegan, they say they're vegan, that they're yeah. healthy. But that that was not the case for myself because I was missing a lot of nutrients. You can get um, protein from plants. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. because a lot of the biggest animals that we have in, on planet Earth, like, they eat plants. So, um, it's possible. You just have to have, like, a balanced diet. And I didn't have that. Right. I was eating, like, processed vegan food. Mm. And I just did not feel healthy. So, now I just consider myself to be plant-based. where, Because okay. um, veganism, like, you can't, you know, use honey or, like, 
have any leather or anything, have any leather. anything at all, like animal and, products right. at all around you. And veganism is kind of like a religion to me now. So I kind of just stay it's culty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause people get mad, like legit yeah. will not talk to someone if they like <laughs> have a different eating habit, but That's interesting. yeah, I'm plant-based. I, the base of my diet is plants. Okay. And, um, I'm much better now. So, so do you eat any animal products now? I really do my best to not, not, even, not hunt. No, I eat honey and stuff. If yeah. something is made like gluten-free bread, if it has like eggs in it, like okay. I'll do that. Do you um, eat eggs? Uh, I think it depends on my moon cycle. So like my, <laughs> my, you know, women's cycle. Right. Um, right. Sometimes I, I crave like salmon or eggs but i haven't eaten those for a little while so okay. but yeah that's interesting mm. i love hearing people's like diets and their opinions on them yeah like, I, I mean i eat mostly meat mm -hmm. um <clears throat> uh, but i recently just started eating like a little bit more carbs and uh um uh vegetables mm -hmm. but for a while i was on a carnivore diet mm. and i actually felt like better on it like interesting yeah it was interesting because like i would eat for lunch i would eat nothing but steak and eggs mm -hmm. and then for dinner i would eat whatever like meal like whatever meat was being cooked for dinner like if we were having tacos i would eat, just eat taco meat mm -hmm. and i felt like really aggressive on it uh, yeah. because i was working out really hard too mm -hmm. um but it was interesting Hmm. Yeah. So now I'm trying to like go back and not be so crazy. Yeah. Because I I'm kind of insane about things. Like when I started doing it, I'm like, that's what I'm. No, doing. that's me. And I'm so now I'm extreme. trying to find like a a balance. Yep. It's always that. And you know, even with the meat, I I did a little bit of research on just like, you know, when we eat animal products or you know animals, we are also like consuming a lot of the 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 trauma and stuff that, that were in their muscles or, you know, even as human beings, we have trapped emotions that get stored in our body. Mm -hmm. So if you think about like, say if you're eating eggs that aren't free range, right? even cage free, they could, even if they're cage free, they could still be in a, a cage, but yeah. it won't be that small. Right. But you think about the cortisol levels, like the stress hormones in within the, the animals and then you're, you know, people, we consume those too. Well, I mean, I mean, just look at the reason why they pump them full of all these steroids and, and all, all the yeah. hormones. Like there's a reason for it. It's because mm. they're not able to roam around and get fat naturally. Oh, right. Wow. Right. Like if, I mean, if you're yeah, buying yeah. eggs right. from like a, huh. like, or buying chickens from a farm, like th they're like, a, they're just throwing them on top of each other. Mm. That's inside, stressful. And they're inside of a building. They're, they're not quarantined. Outside. They're quarantined. Literally stressing the frick out. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of that image. Like, yo. Oh, craziness. Mm-hmm. Craziness. Yeah, but I eat. I eat a lot, though, now. So. You seem like a really interesting person. Yeah, people yeah. say that. Yeah. What do you want to know? I'm here. I want to know everything. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we were, t we were actually talking about, what were we talking about? We kind of went on music a, production, something else, right? Yeah, something else. I don't remember what it was, but what's what college did you go to? I went to Hope College. Okay, so that's a religious college. It is. It's I, like a a white Christian conservative <laughs> liberal arts school. So yeah. did you? <laughs> you don't sound salty about that at all. <laughs> well, most of my trauma took place there. Okay. I don't care about talking about it. Like I'm good now, but. Okay. 
yeah. So, so the saltiness probably came from that. Okay, that's understandable. <laughs> I grew up in a, a extremely fundamental Baptist uh, mm. church, mm-hmm. so um, I understand a lot of that stuff. And I've actually had people on uh, that have shared their stories as well. Oh wow! Um, with like religious abuse. And oh, stuff. I, that's um, what I talk about. Like, yeah. 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 If you wanna. Yeah. Well, first, I want to ask you about your, like, your growing up. You said you mm. you grew up in a very uh, reserved home. Yes. Where you, did you grow up in a religious home? Yes. Both of my parents have been ministering for thirty seven years. They've been ministering. Yes. So they're pastors. They have churches all around the world. Really? Yes. <laughs> what kind? What denomination? In quotation marks, non denominational, which is still a denomination. Because mm. there are many people who are categorizing themselves as non-denominational, but at the same time, they, that's still a denomination. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of non-denominational church churches do like similar things. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much like their niche, though. So okay. yeah. So by forming all these churches as a non-denominational, it makes them a a, a denomination a, a, in yeah. my head because. You're still, so in 2015, I looked up how many, um, no, was that 2017? I think it was, sorry, it, yeah, it was 2017. I looked up how many denominations there are in, in Christianity alone. Mm-hmm. There were 33,000 at the time. So, you know, that, that number has changed more or less now. <laughs> yeah, look it up. We're going to Google it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you grew up like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like? I. It was very strict and my parents i'm grateful though because my parents taught me honor and respect for people and i'm really grateful for that but at the same time like being very sheltered i was just naive to a lot of things like you know again like didn't have a sip of alcohol until (laughs) senior year spring break spring break you know like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that and um didn't do cannabis until college, but that was to heal an autoimmune disease that I did had. Did it work? Yeah, yeah. Three months, my hair grew back. My hair was falling out. So did you have alopecia? Yep, alopecia areata. Yeah, you know? I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. They wanted to, like, put the cortisol steroid shots, like the injections in my head. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they, this is the funny part, though, David. They said, yeah, but, you know, these shots might not, grow your hair back so i was like okay i go on the internet natural ways to you know heal alopecia areata and you know now, cannabis. do you think it was because of stress it was my cortisol levels were out of the roof and it's connected to the religious trauma actually yeah i just remembered that that's uh one thing like for me uh i started developing bald spots in the back of my head mm-hmm. that were like you know quarter size and it was, I was in high school. I was 17 years old and I was dealing with religious trauma and trauma mm. at the house too. Um, like I had mentioned, I was adopted. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like stuff that was going on at the house was, uh, that's that, I guess that's a different story. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, my situation was so stressful. I started developing these spots in the mm. back of my head. And three months after I moved out, I was stress-free and it started growing back. Yeah. It was amazing because yes. my doctor, was, I went to the doctor and she's like, it's not going to grow back. That's what they told me. And it grew back. <laughs> yes. I'm like, this yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. And you know what, David? I think a lot about that and how our emotions, 
really do affect our our physical well-being you know yeah. there's i really like looking up psycho neuroimmunology in my free time so basically like what in your free time <laughs> i'm a nerd shout out nerds <laughs> we rule the world you already know so my <laughs> like the psyche whatever you are thinking and feeling then you know the psyche psycho mm-hmm. the mind it translates into the body the soma which is latin for body and then and then you have, um, so I was, I was talking about psychoneuroimmunology. So your nervous system is triggered by the stress response, and then it affects your immune system. So yeah. I, I studied all that because my because of the alopecia areata in I mean, why wouldn't it? Right? Right? Like, I mean, your body is literally trying to protect you mm-hmm. from the trauma that you're, de- you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody on the podcast, uh, I think last year, so like towards the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. And she was a cancer survivor and she believed that there were certain types of trauma that would develop in certain spots of your body based on the kind of trauma that you were going through. Yes. I have a book on that. Not, not that I wrote, but I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I am writing a book though. Um, gosh, there is a book called you can heal your life by Louise Hay. And she really goes in on, on just saying like, Okay, if if someone were to have, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, I actually had psoriasis oh. this year, earlier this year, and apparently the emotional um, trauma tied to that is like suppressing oneself and not wanting to feel like. So it's like deadening the skin, deadening the cells. It said, and then there's an affirmation on the other side of that page for that, you know, Mm. for psoriasis. And it says, uh, you would, I would have to say, you know, I am open to receiving the joy of life and I am something. I forgot the the last part, but I actually healed myself in a week, Whoa! in a week. And I just, I was like, you know what? I don't want to have this anymore. I want to just enjoy life and have healthy hair again. So every night I would put my hands my hand in on my scalp and it's kind of like, you know, cause prayer is just, it's vibration. It's, it's, um, positive affirmations. Like words are, our, our cells respond to energy mm. in words. So I was just like, I speak life to my scalp. I speak life to my cells and I command you to be whole and healed. That's it. Like I did that once every night for a week. I think it was honestly a week and a half. And uh, ever since then, I promise you, I've not had it. And I'm so, like, just mind blown, you know. Like, I already yeah. knew because my parents yeah. brought me up to, like, pray over things. But for me to not even say, like, in Jesus' name, like, be healed, it was kind of a paradigm shift for me. Because I'm like, wait, I can still, like, heal and and be set free even outside of, you know, the structure of religion that I was brought up in. And so it just really got my gears going and to go deeper into research research with that so that's one thing that's interesting uh growing up in like a, a religious home mm-hmm. or in a reli- in a church mm-hmm. is that they they oftentimes shy away from like some of the natural modalities to heal yourself mm-hmm. it's like there is some science to this absolutely and they don't want to talk about this no. they don't want to acknowledge it no because well f- i'll speak for myself i was brought up to believe that there was only one way there was only one way to experience God. There was only one way to be healed. There's only one way to be free. And and then when I started to like follow different doctrines, because I like I read the Bible a 
lot. Like I imagine you did. <laughs> bro, like I learned um You probably did deep dive. Paleo Hebrew to understand the Old Testament and then the Torah and the Old Testament, the prophets, the books of the prophets, and then I learned a little bit of Keone Greek. Just like reading it, not like I still had problems with like trying to speak it, but I the Keone Greek was for the New Testament because they're two different books. But I, yeah, I, I researched a lot of that and and now I'm here. What version of the Bible would you read? I grew up reading King James Version, but I, in college I started reading the NIV and the NLT. OK, so. And there's a Jubilee Bible, by the way. Really? That I didn't write. Yeah. <laughs> they owe me money. <laughs> Using my name. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what kind of experience did you have in college? <laughs> Every single year was different. Freshman year, I was like, what's up? Hey, everybody. I'm Jubilee. You know, I was like the, the, the kid that everybody knew. Mm. And I was very involved with a lot of things you know i did some acting and i did sports and and then i got injured <laughs> i dropped like a, a weight on my toe oh. one night when i was coming back from studying because i was mm. procrastinating on my homework <laughs> but i still got good grades i don't suggest did. that but <laughs> yeah so i like came back like 3 a.m or something and i was putting my backpack down and i like hit a weight like i had weights in my room Oh. And it fell off like the heater and it rolled on my toe Oof. and fractured it. I laughed. <laughs> I have a high pain tolerance. I know that sounds crazy. But I was like, I don't think I can walk on this foot. So <laughs> I was injured a lot, like more than half the year for my freshman year. But that started my spiritual reawakening. Mm. Um, and then things went downhill. So on the so sophomore year, I had the opportunity to like, speak in front of 3,000 people for a competition. It's called Nykirk Cup Competition, and I was chosen out of um, the class of 2019 to speak. And so I wrote a 15-minute <laughs> speech that was a spoken word <laughs> poem. It all rhymes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I did that. Was it supposed to be on that? They Like, they gave us a topic, okay, and then they told us to write a speech, <laughs> but I wrote... A poem. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's just how I connect, you know, with How with did words. they like that? Oh, they loved it. We won. Oh. We won oh, the wow. competition, wow. and um, but sophomore year was pretty cool, but I did experience a lot of isolation and rejection because during that time, I started to question the Bible. I was like, wait a second... For instance, this is one of the questions I had. If I think it's in, it is in Matthew, but I don't know if it's in the second chapter, Matthew two fourteen. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. But in Matthew, it says that like Joseph and Mary hid baby Jesus in Egypt, Africa. So I was like, oh, maybe Jesus was a melanated person. So I started like really um, thinking about that and studying the tribes of Israel, and I was in the Hebrew Israelite doctrine for a long time and people were just not happy with me if you have somebody at a white christian college saying in class that you know bringing stuff up about like jesus and and not even just what he looks like but his actual message do you know what i'm saying like yeah. not the fluffy stuff like all you gotta do is just believe and you're saved no i'm talking about like um Actual like theology. the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it made people uncomfortable. And so I I just felt really lonely 
that year. Well, isn't it kind of a naive thing to assume that Jesus was white? Yeah. I mean, because even if it was not Africa, mm-hmm. let's right. say it's not Africa. Right. It's still from the Middle East. Yes. They're not white. No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and the thing is, David, it was interesting because even when I thought Jesus was white, I still worshipped him the same. But when I like would tell my friends, like, what do you think about this? I'm not even trying to argue, just like look at this. They would get so offended. They'd be like, no, no, like I'm for real. Like I fell out with a lot of people just because of my questioning with that. And it's like, okay, so what if he was a melanated person? Why would that change your heart right. towards? Why does it matter? Do you know what I'm saying? If yeah. if the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I mean, that's true. But like, why wouldn't you even want to have the heart of God and look at, look at people and things and everything with the eyes of God? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Including Jesus. Right. Like, right. shouldn't you love him despite what he looks like? So yeah, considering he loves everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a whole thing. But wow, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to find that verse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's find it. Hidden in Egypt. Um, junior year, because I'm halfway done with the college experience, you asked me. <laughs> junior year was... Uh, I was still lonely, actually, but I was starting to find a little bit more of my myself, like connecting with people who had similar ethnicities. Um that I had because I grew up in a pretty like white area just you know coming from wealth where did you grow up at Bloomfield Hills oh okay yeah it's the I think it's the second wealthiest city in Michigan so it's just a whole different vibe um and then senior year that was that was bad I didn't like it okay so let's see here was it Matthew 215 oh Y'all, run the run the track back. I said 214. I was close. You said 218, I'm pretty sure. No, it's 14. Check was it. Was it 14? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check it. Okay. I was close. Um. Yeah, okay. So in Matthew 2.15 and Hosea 11.1, I find the words out of Egypt. I have called my son. Mary and Joseph were hiding from King Herod while fleeing Egypt. Imagine Europeans hiding in Africa. That's what I'm saying. They would stick out. Yeah. I stuck out at my school. Like, yeah. they would notice me. Do you know what I'm saying? So. So this is a, uh, this is a question containing many parts. So many, in fact, that it is hard to follow. It essence seems to inquire if Jesus was black. The interest in a black Jesus arises primarily from an, a black <laughs> uh, Herman, hermeneutic that has arisen in recent years a number of minority hermeneutic herm, how do you say that hermeneutics can i see the yeah what is it's, the word? let me highlight it there. okay hermeneutics <laughs> <laughs> uh hermeneutics that pictures god as a woman whoa wait what okay. oh wait, hold on A number of minority hermeneutics have arisen along with the political correctness movement along the female hermeneutics that pictures God as a woman. The question contains some false assumptions and assertions such as the suggestion that God might be black because man was made in his image. Man was made in God's image in the sense that man has certain of the communicable Mm -hmm. attributions of God. 
Man was not made in the physical image of God because God has no fleshly blood. He is in, he is a spirit. So who do my question is then if somebody were to believe that then who do they see Jesus as if God is not flesh? Right. Is he like you a know ghost? what I'm saying? Is he like a ghost? So that's what I <laughs> Holy Ghost. So it's Trinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whatever the appearance of Jesus was, he was a Jew. About the only thing that is certain about his appearance is that it was not that which was which we commonly associate with with him based on Renaissance paintings. All of us descended from Noah, thus we are all related in flesh, regardless of color or nationality. Man's greatest problem since creation has been his desire to create God in his own image. Now some are seeking to recreate Jesus or recreate Christ in their own image. Yeah. Everybody's doing that though, because I mean, I believe that God is a personal, personal thing, and I think that's also why there's thirty three thousand plus or minus doctrines or Christian. Thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five thousand. Now. I mean. Oh my God. I didn't. I didn't oh. dive into. No, it, it's fine. But, but that's what you saw. That's what I seen. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, but with the Renaissance paintings of Jesus, um, the the one that's famous is painted by Leonardo da Vinci mm. and he painted Cesare Borgia and he was Pope Alexander the sixth son and Leonardo da Vinci and um Cesare Borgia had a, a thing together really yep so the like paintings they were lovers of, yeah yeah you can look this up so the paintings of Jesus that we see the famous ones are of him Leonardo da Vinci's lover wow. Pope's son by the way yeah you're just dropping bombs on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to blow it up. I like this podcast. <laughs> I did a lot of studying, David. You did. Senior year, you did. senior year, I was in. I had to like move out of the place that I was in because like it was. Just, it just got really bad. Um, people didn't want to be around me because I was questioning, and which reflects on their own insecurity because. When other people were questioning, when I was like an on-fire Christian, that mm -hmm. didn't phase me. No. You know what I'm saying? No. So it's like you're not really on solid rock ground if right. you are wavering like this right. with fear, you know? That's one thing I realized, too, with uh, growing up in church. Anytime you had a question like that, it's almost like they they were offended mm -hmm. that you had these type of questions. Like, well, you should know that. Like, it's it's clearly not that. Like, like instead of having a discussion, let's have this harsh like response to your your question and your mm -hmm. your gen genuine genuinely being curious. Mm -hmm. And Noth there's nothing wrong with that. We were born. I believe that we were created curious, like to be curious, to ask questions. We're children. Yeah. We naturally look at the wonder of the world and we're we're drawn to things that we don't know to experiment and to well, experience right yeah and that creates innovation and mm -hmm. artistic yeah learning and you're artistic when you are curious about things mm -hmm. when you're like so gung-ho on like no this is what this is the way it should be this is the way it is like you're not you're not open-minded what's i mean well that's corporate america in my view i mean look of, at what yeah. happened today yeah oh my gosh i know <laughs> i know things things are I believe that like the the miracles or the miraculous happens in the unknown. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, um, even with, uh, I don't know if I was gonna take the conversation to this, but go ahead, let's I go. I microdose psilocybin mushrooms for my mental health, and it has helped me heal religious trauma and spiritual trauma. Like I had years of it, and um, I started microdosing in 2020. It's doing it on and off now. I do it consistently. It is research shows that psilocybin mushrooms help rewire the brain it does yeah, yeah. for so 
I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder um, and generalized anxiety disorder. And I used to be like crippled, <laughs> you know, like debilitated. It was really bad. So for me to be able to be back to myself, as my mom says, she doesn't know that I'm doing mushrooms. I have a conversation with her soon. <laughs> hey, mom, I love you. I know you support me doing natural things. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> but but all, I brought that to say that mushrooms remind you of the unknown because it breaks the structure or the box that you might have been in. Yeah. And it helps you see the world in a completely different way. And so I'm really grateful that they're in my life. So when you go to do mushrooms, do you do you do it when you're like, are, are, what are you doing? Are, like, are you at your house? Are you just like sitting sitting around? Like, yeah. are you focused on just going through that journey? Like, mm -hmm. what are you actively doing? Yeah, thanks for asking. So, I I'm connected with uh, a very intentional group that has taught me how the ancients used to do mushrooms, and so I do it that way. So when I first started doing them, I would only do them. This sounds like, what, Jubilee? What are you talking about? Do them in the dark, in my room. There's no, like, there's no lighting. It's at night. And, yeah, so I fast uh -huh. that day. And then I take the mushrooms. This is for bigger doses, not for microdosing. <laughs> for the bigger doses. And that's that's how I healed, like, years of trauma, even childhood trauma, um, because I don't have any distractions of anything you know um but with microdosing i take it right in the like right when i get up you know i brush my teeth i meditate i take them and then throughout the day like i'm very clear and sometimes honestly sometimes my emotions like come up things that have been suppressed mm. so i just kind of remove myself <laughs> from the, this isn't for everybody okay <laughs> but for me like i work at home from home so sometimes I go in my room and I cry and then I release that and then I work like like nothing ever happened. But well, yeah, that's important, though, because I mean, that's what that emotion is for. Right. Mm. Like crying, it, it relieves whatever is built up like it, it really does help. Yeah, because you're I mean, you're you're fully like, I don't know, like I don't know how to describe it, but you're like. Yeah. Like it's an active, like your body's doing it in order to like help protect you and help mm -hmm. you release that. Yes. Cause I, I'm really good at holding on to things. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, but I would feel them in my body, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Like I've been hospitalized before because my, my back and my, my body, like it was hard for me to walk because I had so much stored up, so much stored up. Um, I don't want to say it wasn't even just anger. It was like, a, an array of, of emotions. Was it like said, resentment? Yes, but it was more. It was like all the trauma that I was going through spiritually yeah. in college that internalized into my, my body. And I like, I wasn't free. I was basically in bondage. I and I just was not myself. So with mushrooms, like every single time I microdose, something something comes up it's not i'm not crying all the time <laughs> right right you know it just depends yeah. on what i haven't dealt with and it's just a really vulnerable and beautiful process because I'm, I'm doing this with myself like allowing myself to cry again and healing my inner child and um, learning to reparent myself using the psilocybin medicine so yeah yeah i've I've listened to a bunch of people talk about um, psilocybin, and I've always kind of wanted to try it. Mm 
Yeah. But uh, mainly because of all the trauma that I've gone through. Mm. Like, I feel like I've done a lot of work to heal the things that I've gone through, but it's always still there, obviously. Mm. Um, but I feel like I'm at a point in my life where, like, some of that stuff doesn't really bother me. But mm. I don't know if that's a good thing, you know? Right. Like, I don't know if it's a good thing that I've just, like, it's whatever. Yeah, well, you know? we do live 90% of our lives um, unconsciously, like, through... Uh, the subconscious mind, like we're just going through the motions, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so those things might not be bothering you right now because they might be buried deep inside. And a lot of people aren't here on the planet to to feel drawn to even go back and unpack. You know, it's not for yeah. everybody, but I know with where the level that I'm going in this lifetime as a leader, I need to be able to to heal myself so I can hold space. Cause I'm not here to save anybody. Look, I tried that. It's not the way <laughs> I'm here to hold space for people to do their own healing, but I need to really release and grow and evolve in the way that I'm, I feel called to do, you know, um, in the 90% of your brain that you're not using, you have access to them on mushrooms that may seem very scary to people, but it's a very beautiful thing. Like we are so powerful. Do you think it's helped with your creativity? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I've always been a creative person, <laughs> but I just allow things to flow now and um, without questioning myself because mushrooms, they decrease the ego. Mm. So instead of me doubting myself, like, uh, I don't know if this would be a good melody. Like, let me just, like, not do this. Let me just buy a beat from someone, which is fine. <laughs> but now I'm like, wait. I know I'm in, I'm kind of like in a creative, like, phase where i'm just mm. writing right now but mm. my writing david it's on fire my writing <laughs> is literally out of this world because it's it's authentically me but it's the deeper part of me mm. and i i just am really happy right now with life so so what kind of things do you write about and what what inspires obviously some of the things that you've gone through i'm sure inspire your writing but mm. like when you sit down to write i mean you can only write about like certain situations so many times so like what what inspires you to continually write new songs i write what i actually think and feel mm. and i think in that moment yep yep whatever's on my mind and i you know i write songs um anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour like that's my average because i just let it flow mm. i i don't think about like Oh, like, are people going to like, because I used to be like that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, like, I understand. <laughs> I don't know if people are going to like if I say this or what if I bring this up or now I'm just like, this is, is what, what I is. feel. I know that I have personal experiences that I want to share. And I also have messages for the collective sometimes. So I write about my, my past experiences. Sometimes I kind of drop in little things where you know that I was raised Christian, but you know I'm also on another path. Mm. But it's not to the point where it's so offensive that, like, people would hate me. But it's in that middle ground of, like, you know how Kanye is? or yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, I just say stuff intentionally to... Are you a crazy tweeter? <laughs> No, I'm not a crazy tweeter. <laughs> I don't even have tweeter. <laughs> but I write about anything. Like I I just wrote something the other night, actually. If you want to hear it. Yes. Okay. I want to hear it. Okay, how do you play the song? Do I just hold it up to the mic maybe? We can do that or we can Bluetooth it to this device and it'll play it into our headphones. Let's do it. I'll do the first verse. Okay.
Yeah. Yep. David's MacBook Pro? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I just see David's MacBook Pro. I just. Um. I'm going to turn my Bluetooth off and then turn it back on. Okay. Yeah, I had to disconnect the computer. Okay. <clears throat> do you see it? Here, do you want my phone? Uh, Hold on. Can you airdrop it? Yeah. To your MacBook? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's try that and see if that works. Okay. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Look, look for it now. Okay. I'm sorry. There it is. I'm sorry, everybody. Boo. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> sorry. I grew up in a family like we would boo each other, but it was like a funny thing. But, you know, this... These people these days are too... I'm sensitive, too, but it's a different kind of sensitivity. We'll oh. talk about that in a minute. Okay, Let, Let's bet. play it. Let's play it. This is called Heaven Sent. Shout out to Josh Hype. He made this beat, not me. Is it playing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? I don't hear anything. Do you hear it? No, I don't. <laughs> huh. Is it playing on your phone? No. Did you wait? But did you receive it on your MacBook? Oh, you sent it to oh, the MacBook? on the road. Oh, no, no, no. Can I airdrop it to that device? No, 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 no. So it was discoverable um, by Bluetooth. So you, you oh. should be able to find. Oh, it me! Bluetooth. I have to press play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm technologically challenged. Okay, that's hilarious. Here we go. Heaven sent. <laughs> I named it Heaven sent. There we go. My vibe up like a rocket ship. My mama said I'm heaven sent. My daddy's better than he's ever been. Everything else irrelevant. What if God got a woman melanin? I've been done with this government. Praise divinity struggle made me so hellbent. Now I fly like a pelican. Uh. It's been a journey though, reminiscing when I played the six fold. Still yet acquainted with right and wrong. Still trying to find where I belong. Star seed, don't a child. All my dreams manifesting now. He couldn't tame me, I'm too wild, I'm too loud, I'm too proud, yeah. Okay, that's all you're gonna get. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that was dope. Thank that you. That was super dope. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I talk about a lot of stuff. You're the yeah. first person to ever do that. Hey! Uh, on the podcast. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That is super <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So when you sit down and write something like that, mm -hmm. what's going through your brain? What's going through your mind? A lot. <laughs> so my brain moves really, really fast, which I think is the benefit of so-called anxiety. Okay. You know, like it's, it just goes. So um, for me, my writing process just looks like me listening to the, the music and because I know music, you know, I feel it. 
um, I can kind of like hear the rhythm that I, the cadence mm. that I want to like rap with, but I just start writing. Like I hear something and I just write it in my notebook or I type it in my phone and then I start the song over and I rehearse what I have and I keep adding it every single time I hear something, but I perform it like off rip. Like as soon as I have words, I'm in performance mode. That's so crazy because um, I work with uh, Sway Boy. Do you know who Sway Boy is? I've heard of him. So he's a rapper too. And uh, he does a lot of like uh, like positivity type mm-hmm. rap. You should, you guys should link up. Yeah, um, I do stuff too. Like he's that. actually going to be at this event. He's on there. Oh, bet. Yeah, take one of those. Thank and you. The uh, person hosting that is called the the uh, nonprofit is called uh, L Town Jubilee. Oh, whoa! Right. This is meant to be. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my name is on a flyer with him. This is magic. <laughs> Thank you for connecting us. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to hook you up with Erica because do you like to perform? Are you kidding me? That <laughs> I'm made to do that. Like for real. I love it so much. I'm going to I'm going to hook you up with her cuz she okay. does this event. It's called When September Ends mm. and it's at the end of September, obviously. Obviously. Um but she what she does is her organization um works with people who are were homeless and mm. and what what when September ends is is they celebrate a family that was recently homeless and they celebrate them like for being able to find housing and being able to make it Mm. and so it's just like this whole event where they have performers and live events and they have uh, like like tents with like vendors and all kinds of stuff it's fun that's awesome yeah it's a lot of fun I went last year I was Mm -hmm. I had a tent and everything promoted the podcast and this year I think I'm going to do live interviews Mm -hmm. um somehow I'm going to figure that out but it'll happen yeah, it'll happen. But I definitely think I should hook you up with her because th- I like I like that. that Thank was awesome. you. I have a lot of unreleased music, David, that's coming. And it's all like deep and positive and uplifting, honestly. So I'm really excited. That's yeah. super cool. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of things do you typically rap about? Consciousness. Consciousness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> elevating consciousness for real in my story. Sometimes I talk about like, certain situations that I've gone through with different people or me growing up um, feeling alone, like really feeling lonely in, in the way that I see the world. I mean, everybody, oh, like boohoo, everybody has a, a different perception of life, but I literally felt like I did not belong anywhere. Mm. And that was very heartbreaking to me. Like that was my first heartbreak of, feeling like I didn't belong anywhere. You know, I was too white for the black people, but too black for the white people. And then on top of that, you know, I'm a person of color who has wealth. So now there are certain people who can't connect with me with the, the things that I was raised doing, you know? Right. And I, I just always felt like I was on the outskirts, but also observing everything in the middle of it, you know? Um. So I, I talk about just the, the emotions that I have processing um, trauma even and things that I learn in unity. I talk a lot about unity, like people coming together. And that's something else I've experienced on mushrooms where I had an ego death on my five grams, mm. <laughs> the hero's dose. And you sound like you sound like Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, I need to check him out. I know he was on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Was he? Okay, yeah. I need to look at that. I he has his own to podcast that. too. I did not know that. Yeah, it's called Hot Box with Mike Mike Tyson. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> 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 I would look. I would hot box with Mike. You know, you would box with him. 
Oh, hot box? You oh, said, you would hot box. Isn't it, it? You know what I'm talking about? Like hot boxing? Yeah, hot boxing. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I would do that with Mike Tyson. If you hear this, you know, <laughs> come through or I'll come through. But uh, yeah, I had a hero's dose and that five grams, whoo, my ego was just like gone. And I know that that's a very scary experience to think about because your ego is how you self-identify with your world. But for me, it was very beautiful because it's like I like I am the person that I am. I am inside like my soul is bigger than my body because my soul is one with not only the source of all things, but everybody. Mm -hmm. So it changed my view of how I see people and I kind of see everybody living a different human experience, but we're all one. Like we're actually connected. There's research in Joe Dispenza's book, uh, becoming supernatural. He talks about it in later in the book. I don't want to spoil it, but he does mention like the power of group meditation and how when people put their, their minds together and they're one and connected people's, people's environment changed so much that the crime rate dropped because people were just there together. And I, I just think about um, just how we're all connected and how we affect one another every single day. So, I mean, isn't that the, like the kind of, that's kind of the concept of like motivational speakers. Right. And then also like, uh, I'm you, you grew up religion in like yeah. a religious <laughs> environment. So like um, having like uh revival meetings or like mm-hmm. revival services, like you have this fire breathing preacher up uh, up there like mm-hmm. trying to get everybody to like get their lives straightened out mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of in unison in that yeah. moment and it's powerful i think that's why you know religious settings can be powerful but when you take away kind of like the doctrine of it you still see the power of it like for instance mm-hmm. concerts you know yeah. you know how much like energy is being generated by people being like-minded like in the same space with the same intention you get sucked in yeah and like in scripture jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name like you know i'll be there and i think about that in general like when there's more than one person on the same page the same wavelength like things happen whether they're in his name or not though so i know it's controversial to say but i've seen it happen (laughs) so <laughs> i love controversial things oh you're gonna love my music i i am pretty controversial i talk awesome. about the government i talk about the system so lot. we were before the music you had mentioned softness people are soft yeah yeah they are uh, in what ways this is controversial this generation i i really like it sometimes but there are other times where i kind of get irritated because it's like this generation wants to stand up for everything but gets hurt but and it gets offended by everything as well so it's like if someone is you know because there's spectrums for everything now yeah not that it's now but like there's spectrums and say if somebody's on one end of the spectrum and then someone else on the other end of the spectrum they won't see eye to eye, but at the same time, they'll get so easily offended by mm. someone who's not agreeing with them. Yeah, You know, and I think that society tries to box us in into these different stratifications of like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. It's all black and white. And these are the same people who are saying that it's a spectrum, but they're still saying it's black and white. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with our political environment. Absolutely. Right? Like that's the first thing you can look at and say that those are two different classes. You have Mm. Democrats and you have Republicans. And 
you're either on this team or you're on this team. And if you're not on this team, then you're this. And if you're on this team, then you're then that. Then you're the devil if you're not on my team. Right, right? exactly. That's how it is. And if, I, you, if you believe differently than me, then I can't be your friend. We can't have this discussion. It's like, what? That's shallow to me, It's extremely shallow. I was, so I was raised conservatively. Me too. Yep. I was raised conservatively, and um, a lot of my views, not a lot of them, I should say, like, I'm pretty much, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle for a lot of things right now, and that's fine. But at the same time, like, I was raised conservatively. Right. Like, my parents were Republican. Um, I mean, it's kind of just a natural inclination for, like, religious people. Right. They're typically more like conservative than anything. Yes. Yeah. I, I studied political science. Um, that's one of my degrees. And so that, that is a fact with yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so when I got to college and, you know, I started to hang out with other people, I, w I heard their views and I was someone to like actually listen with where they're coming from. I wanted to know, like, are they believing that because of a trend and they mm. want to fit in with, with however the parties are, picturing or or shaping their yeah. followers yeah. their devotees you know what i'm saying yeah, like constituents right yeah yeah. yeah yeah and um or is it something that they actually believe is something that they actually researched do you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm logical well there's definitely people that hop on a trend because they want like just the social media cred yeah yeah um th there's a situation that just happened recently and i want to talk about it but i don't want to put my friend on blast so okay do you um, want to uh, use a, a different name or is that still no, I, gives I wouldn't, it away? I wouldn't say a name, but okay. a, like a, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I'll tell okay. you, I'll tell you off the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I respect it. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, I, I respect her, so I don't, okay. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, Good but, for you. <laughs> but the thing is, is like people, when they, when there's like a, something social going on, like a social issue, um, yeah. like whether it's racism or it's something overseas, um, something even. overseas, like Ukraine mm -hmm. or, uh, it's transgender, mm -hmm. like, or the it's sexuality, the sexuality, yep. second amendment, whatever it is, right, Anything. left, whatever it cannabis is. Cannabis even like, cannabis. yep. Um, people jump on a, a bandwagon and, and they ride it because they just want to let everybody know like, Hey, I'm on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and for I think for most people, they don't really care. No, they just want to be in the in the middle. Like if you care, that's cool. Like I'm not even I'm not going to even judge oh, anybody for that. I think it's I think it's it's, just, it's good to care about things. Right. Like yeah. let's say like you are passionate about transgender people sure. or you are passionate about uh, racism or you're mm -hmm. passionate about all these different things that are yeah. considered controversial. Mm hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. are you just saying things on social media or are you involved in organizations right. that are helping fight against mm -hmm. that stuff? Like, I'm all for whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't just do it on social do it media. Just to do it. Don't do it to just look good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, that bothers I totally me. agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, it bothers me. Me too. I'm not someone to hop on a bandwagon. I have to... I do what I, I feel and research together Yeah. because emotions can sometimes be deceiving. And I think a lot of um, politics have, have really been focused on like emotions. And I think that's what has really divided this nation yeah. um, into different groups like never before because it's, it's very emotion based. And um, I don't know. I just, I'm just a big advocate for like people doing their own research and thinking for themselves because groupthink in my opinion, is very dangerous because mm, yeah. um, individual thinking in psychology, like it's it's turned off. 
you just go with whatever. So, um, well, I mean, yeah. if you go all the way back to um, Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. I mean, that was groupthink. Yes, that was that. That was a bunch of people thinking alike, mm-hmm. and then look what happened. Yep. Not not a good ending, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, not a good ending at all. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's crazy today. Today's society, like I talk about it all day at work, every day with like my coworkers. Talk about this. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a team of young guys. They're all like my age, or yeah, they're all like my age, and so we talk about. And a couple of them I went to school with, so it's oh, like cool. yeah, it's cool. Where'd you go to school? I'm sorry, Charlotte. Okay, I don't know yeah. where that is. It's like 20 minutes south of here. It's like a little hick town. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So, you know, it's interesting to get like their perspective because we're all around the same age and we all kind of think alike, which is interesting mm. because like you always hear about these people, especially like celebrities talking about, well, these millennials, this and mm. these millennials, <laughs> that. And it's like, I'm a millennial, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think like how th- I don't agree with a lot of the things that yeah. like, society's portraying us to to be putting out there, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, know. how does that make you feel? Well, as a millennial and they're accusing yeah, us of Yeah, they're just like boxing you in like that. I think it's important to talk about it, like with this podcast. And that's why I have a problem with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like being a millennial, like mm-hmm. a lot of millennials want to cancel people. And I'm not cool with that. It's, so uh, I think I think it's important to be able to say what you want. Like you should be able to rap about whatever you want. Yep. You should be able to say whatever you want. Um, I should be able to talk about whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody. Right. Like yes. if I'm on here talking crap like about trash. trans yeah, gender yeah, people yeah, or you're gonna it's gonna be coming for you anyway <laughs> you know what yeah, i'm saying so yeah and that's one thing i realized too like not everybody's going to agree with you no and you can't make everybody happy exactly and if you are saying something that's going to offense uh, that offends somebody it might i don't know like it's you can't I, make everybody happy honestly david i feel like at this point in time especially with the internet just go like in with all the, the the algorithms and stuff. Just stick to what you like. Yeah. Why does it matter? It does. Like does it for matter? me, I'm I'm kind of you know on this journey of like expanding my consciousness. So I do listen to things that irritate me sometimes. It's good because I want to um understand <laughs> a yeah. little bit. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but for someone who's not um who doesn't have that capacity to even talk to someone who who has a different view than they have. Yeah. Then just stick to what you like and be i'm not saying be close-minded but just kind of be in your lane you know what i'm saying people i feel like these days people go out of their way to find something to get mad about so they can talk about their own views you know so i had a um i had a conversation with a a co-worker the other day and it was a political-based conversation based on some of the amendments Mm -hmm. and he um, he believed a certain way and i believed an opposite way Mm -hmm. but we were able and we're friends like Good. him and I like hang out outside yeah. of work and uh, we were able to just have this conversation, even though we don't agree, they're complete opposite mm-hmm. uh, opinions and ideas. Um, but we both respected each other's opinions and we were able to discuss it. I was able to understand like his, uh, where he's coming from and why he believes the way he believes. Yeah. Um, and then I respected them. Like if anything, I respect you because like, that's a pretty bold thing to, to do. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. I don't yeah. think we're made to think the same. No. Like, no. we might have similar, you know, things yeah. that we go through yeah. or whatever. But even if you, I have twins in my family and twins DNA, different. Yeah. So I, I think about just how we are literally here to be unique. And my problem with mainstream society 
is that they try to box and suppress individualism. And I'm a life path one. I don't know if you know anything about astrology or numerology, but basically someone who has a life path number one, which you find out by adding the digits of your birthday together, your month, your day, and the year you were born. Mm. You add those up and you reduce it to a number um, because the numbers go from one, one to nine because when it's 10, it's, it's a one because a zero doesn't count. Does that make sense? So it like starts over? Okay. 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 So nine is the last number. Yeah. So when you add my birthday up, 1209-1996, you get 10 and then you like reduce that to, to one. Oh, okay. So yeah. So I'm a life path one and we're all about like individualism. We are about leadership. We're the hermit of society. Like we go into the secret place, <laughs> like- you know, kind of um, in our own space, and we just learn and we process, and then we come out to the world to lead stuff. So, so you add them together. Yes. So, I'm gonna do my, yours right now. Yeah. Okay. So it's zero nine zero two nineteen ninety three. Okay, zero nine zero two nineteen ninety three. So <laughs> nine and two is eleven. Okay, but yep. one plus one is two. Yep. So just keep that, and then nineteen ninety three. You have uh, ten. Then 9, 3 is 12, 22, 2 plus 2 is 4, your life path 6, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. What does that mean? Uh, <coughs> I just choked on <laughs> <in> my spit. <laughs> Such a human thing. Excuse me. <laughs> a 6, Um, I don't know too much about, a lot, like, in depth. Of the six, but the six, it deals with, like, the home life. So, very family-oriented, uh, domesticity. Um, so, yeah. And, and it's also, like, a really, like, it's supposed to be, like, a lucky number. Mm. And, um, yeah, I I should have known that, but I think you should look it up. I will definitely look that up. Yeah. I'll look it up off the podcast. I just want to make sure I edit this right, though. <laughs> I don't want to give you misinformation or anything. Okay. Yep, six. Awesome. Interesting. Yes. I will research that later. Absolutely. Can I ask you what your astrological sign is? Oh, boy. I'm a Virgo. <gasps> Virgo! Yeah. My dad's a Virgo. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, I don't get involved in That's, that stuff. You don't have to. I don't under... I mean, I've never really just... I never under... Like, I guess... No, I don't want to say understand. I've never looked into it. I've never oh. really, like, researched it or anything. Because growing up religiously, yes. like, it's kind of like a woo-woo type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Religion is woo-woo sometimes, too, though. It is. So it's just, yeah. it just depends. But cool. Yeah. So um, we're over an hour into this. Yeah, I figured, because you were, like, checking your stuff. So I'm like, how do we close this out? I wasn't checking my stuff. I, oh. What was I doing? I was writing, you, you, I was writing something <laughs> down. Oh, my bad. No, you're good. Yeah, so? No. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about or bring up on the podcast? I feel like we could talk forever. No, we I could. Re- I, really I lost do. track of time. Um, so you're you're about to drop new songs, right? Yes. When are you dropping them? Good question. <laughs> I'm in. A, I'm in a little pickle. Well, I want. I want your opinion though on this. Okay. Okay. So, I have a project called Sonder. You know what Sonder means? No, but okay. it sounds familiar. Okay. I had to look this up, so it's a new word that I learned. But Sonder is the idea that everybody's life is just as equally as complex as yours. That makes sense, though. Yeah. That makes really good sense. Yeah, I love that word. And so with the project, Sonder, 
I have like six different tracks for now. And I mix and mastered it, right? I mix and mastered the whole project. But I just met somebody who works at a music company and with a label. And they want to like, the engineer, he's so awesome. He wants to mix and master my project. Yeah. He listened to the whole thing. He's like, please let me like mix and master it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Maybe this is me <laughs> letting go, you know? Nevertheless, he has so much on his plate that I feel like now it's kind of like delaying mm. the release, you know? So yeah. I wanted to ask your opinion. I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm an ask hole, which means like I ask questions <laughs> and I still end up doing whatever the heck I want to <laughs> do. So just let you know, <laughs> if you were in my, my, my situation, do you feel like you would want to release the project that you spent months mixing and mastering and they're done never or would you want to wait on some time because the quality might be better because i've only been mixing and mastering for like a year and a half or two it's good it's not booty but it's like it could be better because <laughs> i'm a baby at it you know yeah what would you do well like anything, like we talked in the beginning, you only get better when you keep doing things. Mm. And you can appreciate things a little bit more when you work harder at it. Mm -hmm. So it might push you to even want to, like, work even harder. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're you're kind of that type of person. I'm kind of the same way. Like, yeah. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm a person who doesn't like to wait on somebody. Mm -hmm. So... If it were me and I have this project that I want to do, I would just do it. Yeah. And I mean, you could always still go, go like, let's say you're, you're in the middle of mixing this and producing this, this, mm -hmm. is it a track? Is it, they call it a track uh, or the album? Or, or the, uh, the, the project? Yeah. Oh, it's an EP. So it's like oh, extended okay. play. It's, it's okay. shorter than an album, but longer than a single. Okay. Yeah. So you could, you could work on producing yourself. And then if he gets a hold of you in the meantime, maybe check that out too like it's produced it's written it's mastered like it's done it's just like just gotta, the quality could be better but it's not bad it's not horrible what about the quality could be better um like this he just has better equipment he has more experience hmm. than i do so like he knows i do things intuitively <laughs> it's like i feel like he knows more than i do but at the same time, I, like, create really quickly. Mm, like, I write yeah. very quickly. I just, my friend Chris Powers, shout out to Chris Powers. He came over yesterday, and we wrote a whole song together in under an hour. <sighs> yeah, and we're about to record it, and I'm like, wait, maybe we should, like, <laughs> come back Tuesday and just record it. But because I create so quickly, I feel kind of delayed and behind when I'm waiting on other people. Yeah. And I'm very independent. You know what I'm saying? Don't wait on other people. Don't wait on that's what Don't I'm wait on other people. Okay. But I appreciate the engineer like so much. His name is Merv. And he is absolutely stellar. Like amazing. But he also is doing his own music too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I like to think about uh like Kanye. Mm -hmm. He he videoed everything before yes. everybody like before video was really a thing. Yeah. And didn't he produce like most of his stuff? Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm like that. I produce and I write and stuff. You should just do that. Yeah, I've I relate to Kanye. <gasps> shout out to also um I want to shout something out. I just 
dropped a song called Kanye Midwest. <laughs> and uh, it just got released. So it's on all the streaming platforms. So I think I just heard it that. Out. Yeah, I just heard that. It's it's really fun. Um, but yeah, the, the guy, Merv, also known as Harlow, he mixed and mastered that one. And it sounds amazing. So... You know, I think I'm just going to follow your advice, which is also my intuition, yeah. and to just go and release it. And for the next project, he can he can help me with it if he wants to, Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, that's one thing, like, with a podcast, I've learned to not wait on other people. Because, mm. like, when I started this podcast, like, I, there's been several people that, you know, like, I can help you. And I'm like, like, but it's on their time. It's on their watch. Yeah. And then they, I almost feel like, at a certain point, they feel like there's something that's owed to them mm-hmm. and they want the credit and they want like, it's like, no, this is something I worked on. Like I, I got the podcast to where it is. Like I, you did not do right. anything. Right. You might've given me some advice, but like, this is not you. Yep. So, I feel that. And then people, strongly. and then sometimes people come in and they want to ride off of and, your success. Yes. Too. And control it or, and or control it too. Right. And Change so, that, yeah, that's something you got to be careful of, too. Unfortunately, that's something you have to be careful of. Yeah. Especially being a creative person. Mm-hmm. People want to take advantage of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But People project their own ideas yeah. and feelings and opinions onto other people. And, you know, we all do it, but yeah. I, I'm now more aware of it <laughs> when I'm doing it, but also when people are doing <laughs> it to me. Yeah. And I've learned to set boundaries, even as an yeah. empath, <laughs> like... You know, <laughs> like not being a people pleaser all the time. Like, right. oh, yeah, sure. That's I'll do it. But inside, I'm like, no, let's do this thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's my problem, too. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to make people happy. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It, yeah. I, I want to be able to help people. Like, if somebody yeah. wants to do a podcast or host, a, like, be a co-host on the podcast, I'm like, yeah, like, that sounds like fun. But then you think about it and you're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like that when, when people, like, try to collab with me. So, look. Y'all have not even seen anything yet, okay? <laughs> like, I'm finally confident in my abilities because it took me a long time to be here, so I'm not even trying to be cocky. Like, I've, I have something that I feel like I can grow, mm, you know, yeah. in, and I have, so, I have so much more growth to do. But I want to say, like, there are certain people that want to collab with me already, which I'm really grateful for and open to, but, like, I can't collab with everybody because sometimes yeah. it's not we're not on the same frequency yeah and um it doesn't mean that the person or myself is better or worse than one another it's just yeah. like it's not a vibrational match and sometimes i feel pressured to be like oh yeah like you're a detroit artist and <laughs> and i'm here too like let's just do it but it's i'm very intentional with everything that i do yeah and that includes who I'm speaking to and who I want to create with. And yeah. it's not even a, a stuck up mean thing. I just No, can't, it's not. You know? No, it's, it's definitely not. And people take it that way. But yeah. it's not. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, I see that you're doing that. I just <laughs> oh, met thanks. you and I can already tell, like, <clears throat> you're passionate about this podcast. And it obviously looks like you put the time in <laughs> the energy into it and for me to just even be on this show like i am very very grateful and i feel free awesome <laughs> you know awesome well thank you i thank really you. appreciate that this has been fun this, yes. this is a blast would you do it again absolutely 
absolutely. Okay, awesome. Yes, awesome. thank you so much, yeah. seriously. And thank you, Sema, for connecting us, too. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, she's dope. She is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. about to see her. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, David. You're welcome. <laughs>